0: looked like half that many were already standing in lines that wrapped around the open-air arena and down the length of the adjoining football field. The crowd appeared excited and full of anticipation, but peaceful. Still, I had learned more than 45 years ago to be skeptical of crowds with their unpredictable nature. I knew how quickly events could change the mood, and suddenly I wondered whether I really wanted to go through with this. Are you okay, Jerry? Joyce asked. It looks like the security process could take hours. I wasn't sure whether Joyce was worried about my artificial hips holding up, or that she could sense the anxiety that was slowly building inside me. She knew well my aversion to crowds. Well, we've come this far. Let's just see how it goes, I said. It looks like the forecasters might have gotten it right this time, though. Why don't you grab your umbrella? There were two lines, one for VIPs and one for the general public. Fortunately, we had VIP passes that allowed us into the shorter of the two lines, but apparently we weren't all that special. Even as the line moved steadily and orderly, it was an hour and a half before we reached the security checkpoint. There was an elaborate security setup, much like what you'd go through at an airport. Sixteen officers from the Secret Service and the Transportation Security Administration supervised the parcel check station and the four magnetometers that would detect any concealed metal. As Joyce stepped up to the screening area, one of the officers said, "'I'm sorry, ma'am, but we'll have to take your umbrella.' Apparently, umbrellas are now considered weapons. Without saying a word, Joyce handed the man the umbrella." and he threw it into a large bin with dozens of others. She put her purse on the table, where another Secret Service officer carefully checked its contents as she walked through the magnetometer. When I stepped through, as usual, the metal joints in my hips set off the alarm. The officer asked me to step aside and proceeded to brush the detection wand along every inch of my body. I've got chrome where my hips used to be, I quipped. My eyes crinkled as I smiled at the officer. "'Yes, sir,' the young man said. He couldn't have been more than twenty-five, as he proceeded to pat me down with his hands. Finally assured that I was truly just a white-haired, crippled old man with nothing to hide, the agent said, "'Thank you, sir. Enjoy the event.' We found seats in the mid-level to the left of the stage that was set up behind the pitcher's mound. Some kind of pop music, the kind you can't decipher the words to because the singer mumbles and the bass overpowers the voice, was blaring from speakers set up all over the stadium. It was an effort, I suppose, to put the crowd in an upbeat mood, but I would have preferred a mellow Frank Sinatra record. Three years of gunfire during the Korean War, and another year in Indochina, followed by five years of countless rounds of practice on the Secret Service pistol range with no ear protection, had made me deaf in one ear, with seventy percent hearing loss in the other. Yet still that damn music was blaring into my head. I ripped the hearing aid out of my ear and stuffed it in my pocket in an effort to dim the confusing noise. I was ready to go home, as people continued to fill the bleachers and temporary folding chairs, I remembered my reason for attending. I looked around to get a sense of the security. I easily spotted a couple dozen Secret Service agents scattered throughout the stadium, obvious by their demeanor and stance, rather than any tell-tale uniform, but verifiable by the earphones coiling from their ears. I also spotted a few without earpieces who were mingled in the crowd. Two uniformed Secret Service counter-sniper teams were poised on either side of the upper deck of the stadium. I estimated there had to be close to sixty Secret Service personnel, supplemented by a few federal enforcement officers, and what appeared to be the entire local police department. The sheer magnitude of the security stunned me. During the 1960 presidential campaign in Philadelphia, I was one of six Secret Service agents who protected President Eisenhower and Vice President Nixon. Now, in 2008, more money.